everyone to Koke, a podcast for all generations. Koke is a Punjabi word that means open or to be openly. And here at Koke, we like you to listen Koke, speak Koke and think Koke. I'm Nimrit. I'm Simran. It's Harpo. And this is season two, episode five. And our podcast today is titled The Immigrant Experience. But before we go any further, I want to introduce our special guest today, Navneet Hundal. Hi. Navneet has joined us to talk about the immigrant experience. I want to take a moment to acknowledge the fact that uh, we are situated on the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples. And to say that I feel so honored and blessed to be living on this land and the fact that we are all immigrants to this land. And that's what we wanted to talk about today is the immigrant experience. Canada is seen as a mosaic, as a patchwork of different cultures coming together and living in harmony. And we wanted to talk about what is that like as a lived experience between the four of us. I grew up in Kenya as a child of first a first generation immigrant dad and an immigrant mother from India. And I've migrated to, twice myself, once to England and then on to Canada. Simran is the child of two British, Kenyan, Indian <laughs> people <laughs> who moved here. And Harpo is a child of two Indian immigrants to Canada. And uh, Namit is a 26-year-old immigrant who came to Canada just two years ago from India. And uh, so I thought it would be so interesting to hear about her perspective as a newer immigrant. So let's start, first of all, you know, people know about uh, Simran Hapu and I, Navneet. Uh, what do you want to say about yourself, just so people get to know you? Okay, so I am a software tester right now. I moved to Canada in 2017, August 31st, 2017. <laughs> I remember <laughs> the exact, the <laughs> yeah, I remember the exact date. Um, so before that, I was in India, I was studying, and... Uh, here in Canada, I, I, I took software testing as my course in London, Ontario, and that's where I moved first before moving to BC. And after completing my course, I got a co-op here, and then they offered me a job. So within two years, I had a job, which was very fast. Being an immigrant in this country, it's not that easy, but I would just say I was lucky. Uh, as a person, I like doing yoga, I meditate a lot, and I read books. Um, yeah, that's that's who I am. Uh, in family, it's just me, mom, dad, and my younger sister. And my mom and dad are still in India. My sister is here, and she moved to Canada much before me. So I learned a lot from her, too. And just worth saying that when Nadeet moved... Um, where in Ontario was it? London, London. Ontario. She moved into the winter, the snow. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that was her first experience. Um, so let's start with just, you know, what would you guys want to share about your experiences living in Canada or if you moved here, the journey of the decision to move? Okay, so for me, the decision was, because as a kid, my family was moving to Canada. They started moving somewhere in the beginning of 2000s and so as a kid when I was growing up for me it was like you have to move one day and I never wanted to move I never told my parents <laughs> but yeah 
for the first time they tried in 2012 i got accepted in ubc but my visa got rejected really lucky mm. for me but uh, they were very disappointed and yeah but i was happy cuz i wanted to serve in army in india so i started working on that like i started doing my bachelor science in computer applications sorry computer and then i started preparing for army on the side and i was like i was happy there so for me they had been trying to convince me since 2012 and i moved in 2017 so it took them 5 years for me wow. to move here and what actually made you make that final decision to move there oh yeah the biggest thing was the meditation it was after doing meditation that i realized that everything i'm looking for is in canada like career mm-hmm. love home family everything so the biggest thing was meditation that's one the second thing was the safety being a woman in india that was my parents biggest issue that is why they wanted us to move out of the country cuz living cuz i was traveling alone all over india and it's it's not at all safe like most of the parts that i was traveling to that's where you would go in groups not alone mm-hmm. but luckily for me i was safe and my parents they always taught me you know there's nothing wrong to go alone you can do whatever and i i was trained in judokarate as well so so that helped wow. so anyway so but that was the biggest reason why my parents wanted me and my sister to move out of the country for safety and the third reason was drugs like i come from amritsar i was born and brought up in amritsar punjab and that being the border city of india was too much under drug influence because the drugs were coming from pakistan and one day my so after my sister moved one day my dad came back home and he was like you know he found out that this girl who he used to be my friend when i was a kid she was into drugs so my dad kind of freaked out and that was like a kind of trigger point for him like no you have to leave yeah. so i think it all combined and after that i just moved so for me it was pretty quick like i made a decision in april end and i was in canada in august wow, wow. so yeah i already had two rejections and this was the third time so i think that was the time for me to move so luckily i got everything done within two months wow so that's how i moved so what i'm really struck by is the reason that i moved from kenya to england was to study i always thought i'd go back to kenya but after living in england for two years i was only at, i moved at 14 and at 16 when i came back to kenya for a holiday i realized i could never live there because once again i was a woman it wasn't safe you couldn't drive anywhere by yourself you couldn't go out at night and i had lived in another country which had safety and experienced it even at such a young age and i told my mom and i remember her looking at me and even she had to accept it it was not like she told me to move i told mm-hmm. her at 16 i cannot live in kenya where i do not have this kind mm-hmm. of autonomy and independence mm-hmm. so that was my mm-hmm. reason for moving to england how about you guys well Sim and I had no choice in the matter. <laughs> we were just we were we were brought here. Out of the yeah. <laughs> um but I really like this conversation on immigration because um I I'm very uh like interested in 
immigration and the immigrant experience because my master's degree is exploring a facet of immigrant experience. My research is like very much implicated in like understanding this idea of multiculturalism in Canada and understanding um, how uh, immigrant communities, like how they how they function in, in white settler societies. So for me, I live in Surrey and like, it's hard to think that like, oh, there's anything that like any sort of like racism or anything that you experience in Surrey because Surrey is full of brown people. Um, but um, it, being an immigrant and being belonging to an immigrant community is like a hard thing sometimes because um, you're essentially a hybrid bicultural identity. It's really hard to navigate sometimes. And like personally for me, like the reason why I wanted to start Colgate was to start exploring some of the issues and tensions that come up from being um an immigrant or coming from an immigrant family or community like for me I've never experienced um like the the challenges of immigration per se but my parents have and so that it's intergenerational and so some of the struggles that they've had um have been kind of thrown on to me as a second generation so I don't um I I love that I love the the talking about immigration because for me it's more of a second generation Canadian experience Mm -hmm. rather than like a first generation Canadian experience so uh, we have our own set of challenges and things that we experience uh being immigrants in Canada and and I'm going to ask you about that in a minute I love that you call it a hybrid Simon how about you what's it like I mean I think it's really similar to what Harpo said um growing up I didn't really like understand what it meant to be an immigrant or uh, like a second generation immigrant um it's weird now i'm thinking that like my dad wasn't even like an immigrant directly until he moved like later in his life to canada because yeah, he, like, he was born in england, england yeah. i just realized mm. that. i just made that connection <laughs> um but yeah i don't know i think it wasn't until I was in uni and I took a lot of like I did sociology but I did a lot of South Asian courses mm-hmm. and I did a lot of a few courses actually one in at UBC and one when I was in Nottingham in England which was really interesting to get a different like school and different country and like world perception of like the same topic which was South Asian migration and um like through those courses got to learn so much that I didn't know that like I thought that I should have known because I was born into it but like I didn't know anything about anything but it was really interesting to like learn the patterns of behavior in terms of movement how the world has become so global um and just like even within my own family and extended family and friends like exactly the things Harpo said like the things that happened or to our parents or the generation that had to travel and migrate and then how that affects the generation that was born here and learning about mm-hmm. it and reading about it in textbooks is, like, so reaffirming to your, like, real-life experience and how it's not just all in your head and that everybody it, else... It's, like, a collective experience. And it might be different for everybody, but that whatever, like, discrimination or things that you think that you're perceiving or feeling, that you're not isolated and it's not that you're alone and that it's... Because sometimes I think you can almost trick yourself into thinking that it's because it's me. Mm-hmm. It's not because mm-hmm. I'm brown, it's because it's me. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my sister yesterday or the day before, having a conversation about like what, like how in that, exactly that same thing, like how in your head you can make it feel about how it's, it's such a personal thing and that people are doing something personally to you. But then when you have to take a step back and you look at your surroundings and what situations you're in, like 
how you're just like, mm, actually, I think it's just because I'm brown, and I didn't even realize that there was a difference sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's talk about some of those differences of being a hybrid that you guys call that. And for me, you know, like, I mean, my journey has been so interesting. Africa, England, and then Canada. There's a lot. And my ancestry is Indian. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you navigate the different identities? You know, you're an Indian, you're an immigrant, you're in Canada. I find it really hard because this is a question I wanted to talk about, actually. I don't know if it's relevant to this particular thing, but I feel like for me, I always felt like in some situations, I'm not brown enough, and in some situations, Mm. I'm too brown. Mm. And I think that's the way that I can kind of, like the scale or spectrum that I can explain it in terms of how I have to navigate situations and experiences and places that I'm in. Um, so give me specific people examples. people that I interact with. Like, so when are you not brown enough? When I'm around p- other people that are also brown. I don't feel brown enough. Because <laughs> my Punjabi's not that great. What about yeah. you? What about you? So for me, I think I agree with you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, um, although I was brought up in India, but my parents did not you know they it was a different experience for me as compared to my friends mm-hmm. i wasn't brown enough there too what That's yes. Interesting. That yes. Is so interesting Seriously? yes um so the way my parents brought me up was i was very open about everything i was allowed to bring boys at home living in india yes i know i break I so many prejudices about indians here um we do not eat spicy food so that's like one big thing when you look at me and people go like oh you must be eating spicy food or you must be cooking I'm like no I, I can't tolerate spices <laughs> so yeah so there had been like I can travel alone and even in India I have done it the farthest I have gone was uh, from Amritsar to Mumbai so my parents didn't know I lied to them I thought I told them it's a it's a university trip but I went alone it was a solo trip Mom, dad, you know now. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I was very independent there, too. And I never fit in the society there. Wow. And that was one of the reasons why most of my friends used to say to me that you do not belong here. And what I was, was like, that like to be told that you're not brown enough? And you, I, I don't know. I was like, I was, I, I knew I was different. And, yeah, the army experience after that, they that is why i wanted to go in army because they have a different life and the life that i had there was more related to army life like you're independent you have your own culture you're like you're not the typical kind of brown right so that's why so when i moved here for me i felt like home like i felt a sense of belonging because my thinking Mm -hmm. was matching with people Mm -hmm. like back in India my thinking never matched like I was too open being a woman Mm. and people judged me for it and I was like okay I don't care like my parents do not judge me so that's fine so I found a sense of belonging here like no judging and I can do anything and no spicy food Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I can travel alone and I can be safe and you know it was more for me, I recognize myself here more than back in India. I know it's weird, and it's like I break a lot of prejudices around being Indian and coming, being an immigrant, but that's how 
my That's parents brought me up. Yeah, yeah. so that. it's like coming here. It's like coming home. Yeah, for me, it was. I love that. Yeah. That's so badass. I feel weird bringing, if I had to bring a boy home. Oh, my <laughs> God. And she's she's always been allowed to. Yeah. I've never stopped her. No one said anything to me. Yeah. I've done that. So I've done badass. that. It's so badass. But they were friends. And right? the army. So badass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For my age, I have a lot of experience. Nice. But it's, it's just how my life had been designed for That's me. That's so interesting. Yeah, I yeah. feel like this, this, it's, it's when I'm around brown people, I feel not brown enough. It's when I'm around, like, white people, I feel too brown. And yeah. I feel like sometimes in certain situations, I tone it down or, like, sometimes it's useful, you know, to be different. So I tone it up. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it's, like, not that useful and I'm trying to not stand out. So I really dial it back. And try and be completely, not only just, like, the way I speak or, like, who I speak to or how I speak, but, like, the things that I decide to let people know know about me or the things that I, like, so much where I'm, like, almost still statue. Sometimes that's how back I have to, how much I have to dial it back. I felt like that at work a lot because I felt really, really different. Mm. And You were too brown. I was too brown. And it wasn't because, like, and I think there's differences. There's, like, sometimes when you think it and sometimes when you're perceiving it from other people. And I think that the, because, you know, I was rare for a long time, like a year and a half. And it's nothing to do with the people were nice, they were lovely, but it's just sometimes people's perspectives are just in a little bubble. And I didn't want to draw my atten- attention to myself because I didn't want to, like, Stand I don't know, rock the boat. I, I, I break a lot of those bubbles every day in my life. Mm-hmm. Because being a brown woman, they look at me and they they generalize me. Yes. Simply. Yes. They generalize me in, you know, she's going to be like this, she's going to be like this, yes. it's going to be like this. I'm like, do you have any idea how many cultures are there in India? Yeah. Like, you don't even know. So, I break a lot of them. Like, no, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think my version of trying to do that is, like not trying to play into being whatever their typical is yeah in that Mm. sense so like I pull it back in terms of like so you're not seeing my like my well I mean you're seeing my color but like I'm trying to just be like no I'm actually smart and I actually have all these other things to offer and I'm trying to push those into the forefront in certain situations yeah how about you I'm just there's so many things that I'm thinking about like first um I was gonna I, I was really surprised to hear um, that you were able to do all those things in Punjab, but then that's like also it's like those are like such weird preconceived notions of like, that's like weird Western yeah. superiority. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's like that would be just like one percent of women in India. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. And then so the other thing that I was thinking about is how like it's such a weird globalized world we live in that you were able to experience some of those same like feelings all the way there that like so many of us experience all the way over here. And it's like, I was thinking more so about like these boxes that we're supposed to fill as like certain people who occupy certain bodies. Like, um, yeah, like as a woman in Punjab, like you were supposed to be depressed and like not have to do all those things. Like your parents aren't like, you know what I mean? Like if it's the, if it's the script that you're Mm -hmm. not, you weren't Mm -hmm. like, it's odd that you were like living that way. And even here, like 
Um, even I feel like even though uh, Canada is very multicultural and we have a lot of like South Asian people in Canada, it's still so interesting that like even in an area where there's so many people that look just like you, you can still feel a feeling of isolation, a feeling of not belonging. Um, like Sim was saying, this whole thing about uh, like being too brown in certain areas and like not brown enough in others, like. I, it's so bizarre because I've been having this conversation with so many different people in the last month. I feel like there's like four or five people I've had this exact same conversation about. And they're always talking about how they hate like the words coconut and they hate yep. the words like Oreo because you get labeled, right? Like, why isn't it why isn't it just enough to just like exist and be who you are and like you can be as brown as you want in certain situations and like not that brown in others? And like to be honest, like I'll be very honest that I was one of those people. Like one time I heard Sim sing Punjabi songs and I was like kind of flabbergasted. I was like, Sim, you know Punjabi songs? Like, that's, like, like, that's not, that's not my favorite thing. Because she doesn't speak Punjabi, but she knows all the songs. Yeah. Yeah, Even I don't like, know Punjabi songs, like, trust me. At the same time, at the same time, I speak, read, write Punjabi fluently, but like, who made Gobi Di Sabji today? Sim did. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that either. If that makes you yeah. happy. Yeah. <laughs> So we are an old person. So I think what that's, that's you, the thing no. that's so interesting is like, what is brown enough then? No, no, no. That's no. I don't get. So what I'm hearing actually from all of us is this: there's this brown that's a color, and when people see that, they put you in their box of yes. what they think brown yes. is. Yes, every except, individual person. Yes, every, except you inside of yourself that have had such a unique experience of upbringing, parents, yeah, things that have shaped you, your own personal things you've been through. Yeah, and so you're like. Okay, but I'm not that version of brown that you're yeah. thinking I am. I am this whole other person who, by the way... So I has... actually break the mirrors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, I, what I feel is that what I've been able to do is being able to take parts of different cultures and have them be part of my inner mosaic. Yeah. yeah. Right? So I was bo- born in a developing country. So I know what it's like growing up in a country where life isn't just that important yeah. where people die on the roads all and the time nobody, people, cares. nobody cares they care more about pets here mm. than a lot of people in, in you know i'm just telling you human life here isn't yeah. that isn't that important and you're nodding because that's your experience yeah in India. that's my experience in india yeah, yeah. i have it's, seen it's people life. dying on roads and nobody cared nobody even stops. cared to stops to look who that person is or take them to the hospital and here they have pets and if the pet is like he's not feeling well they take it to the wet i'm like wow you guys have a heart yeah yeah so 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 there's so many inner parts of me that have been stitched by the places that i've stayed so i cannot be your version of the box because you don't know me yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i think what's also another thing i'd like to add to that is that if the box is a certain thing like that you're still allowed to take what you like out of the box like if i can make gobi that's fine right yeah don't my pajabi's not the best but that's also fine yeah but right? is it fine for you like do you inside for me fine? i feel fine it's i used to feel really self-conscious about it like really really self-conscious about it especially when my friend circle at the time well particularly just one person but maybe it's actually those there's a few people and if i was in a situation with them like that would be and i was like whatever and we're meeting new people or whatever that would be the first thing that they would point out to those other people they'd be like hi this is simran she's a coconut her pajabi sucks Literally, oh, that, 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 that interaction That's happened to me more than bad. once, and that was, that was, a that, and, and it wasn't like I could, rec- I could, at the time, because myself, whatever, was, like, real low, mm-hmm. 
I couldn't recognize that that wasn't okay. And that was their problem. And that that was a them problem and not a me problem because mm-hmm. I was so, so self-conscious about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I thrived in relationships with, like, Taylor, my wife friend, because I was like, hey, Ginger, I'm going to teach you all these Hindi songs. And she <laughs> loved it. And she loves Bronte. She comes over and she has it and she loves it, right? And I was like, I thrive in that situation. And then there's another situation where there's this person who looks like me, who has similar like home situation like understand like because you know there's just like a you just get it sometimes like yeah. for people you just get it there's a thing that you get because you share similarities yeah and it may not all be the same but like you can understand a lot of things and i was like i'm getting that but i'm also being treated like dirt and like the things that are most self-conscious to me are being brought to the surface when i'm introducing you're introducing me to a new ass person who doesn't know me and that's the first thing that they get to know about me so just so if it makes you feel better, Harpo. I learned how to cook when I moved to Canada two years ago. <laughs> and that's the situation that made me learn it. Um, I actually never had to cook because I had maids. Okay. It's situational. The reason why I started yeah. learning was because I was going to move away. So I, I, I never cooked in India, back in India. I never cooked. I never stepped in the kitchen, to be honest. I never gla- grabbed a glass of water for myself. I actually, Canada made me learn how to cook. And I had to do it because for the first two weeks, I was just living on Maggie and bread. (laughs) And then I was like, oh my God, this is not going to work. I have to cook. So that's when I started cooking. And yeah, I used to call my mom. I used to call my aunts here. uh, And I used to call my Masi. I used to call my Pua. Like, can you tell me how to cook this? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Something that I noticed when Sim was talking about um, people introducing her, like, and you know, your little dynamic is that we, and I noticed that in my conversations with people around the same thing is that as a community, we love to police one another when we do that. Yeah. We love to count on one another, right? Like, um, just because I can speak Punjabi fluently, like, I, I used to be the kind of person that would judge somebody who couldn't speak Punjabi and be like, mm, okay, your parents didn't teach you, like, what horrible parents. Like, you're so out of touch with your culture. And then, like, unknowingly, like, make that person feel shitty by being like, well, my Punjabi is so great. And, like, it's so important to know Punjabi and stay with your culture, blah, blah, blah. But I think we love doing that. Like, we love turning on one another when um, it's like that, that not, like, some people not being able to speak the language is, like, a real reality of some perhaps they're like parents being like caught up in an immigrant experience or like Mm -hmm. them not giving that thing that much weight like you know those are just examples but like there's a multitude of reasons for why that person doesn't know their language that doesn't necessarily automatically mean that they that they don't um they are not in touch with their culture but that that policing that happens of like introducing your friend as a coconut is like i don't know why we do that because we're all we're all part of the same experience yeah it's it's so true and i think and what you were saying about the immig- the, how it's part of an immigrant experience is so true because, Mom, when I was younger, you said the reason why you taught me English first was because you didn't want me to get put in an ESL class in yeah. school. You wanted me to know English. And then when you tried to start back with the Punjabi, like it was kind of too, too late because I was really, really into the English. And then I never had the self-confidence to continue with it. So mm-hmm. I understand it. I can probably speak it. My self-confidence is still really, really low, so mm-hmm. I won't. I just avoid it. But, you, like, I totally know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you I understand. also, and it, what's interesting is, like, you know, you'd make, people would make the assumption that because I don't speak it, like, I don't value culture and, like, you know, carrying on that thing. And I totally do. I literally could cry about it if I thought about it for too long because I really care yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So for me, I think it was kind of reversed because I was in India. So for me, it wasn't the Punjabi, it was the English. Mm-hmm. So when I used to mm-hmm. talk in English, my friends around me used to be like, oh, why do you have this accent? Why do you talk <laughs> like this? Because I never had the typical Indian accent that they show in movies. Mm-hmm. Like, I never had it. And the reason was that because most of my family was here, so we, I used to call them, I used to talk to them, and I learned a lot from my nephews. Mm-hmm. Like, I learned a lot from my five-year-old nephew. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so, and because I did theater, and so... Really? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did That's theater. so cool. I did theater for seven years, so for me, it's like I pick up a accent or a character pretty quick yeah so that's how i picked up this accent and my friend used to be like oh she's trying to be cool oh she what did she think so they were making fun of you they were making fun of me yeah for having the accent and i was like i don't know like i i don't know how else to talk in english and also why did it have to be yeah for you (laughs) yeah exactly okay so uh you know we've been speaking about how we pick up pieces from different cultures and our experiences so what are the best parts of each culture or society that you keep alive in yourself? For me, the simplest thing would be I carry my culture on my nose. I have a nose pin. Yeah. <laughs> That's the simplest thing. Um, I try to wear the earrings that come from my culture. Uh, I look brown. I might not look Punjabi, but I look brown. Um, so yeah, even if I'm wearing something like Western, I always try to go for earrings that define my culture so that there's this fusion going on mm-hmm. all the time. So that's one thing. And I always I celebrate all the festivities, like Diwali is coming next yeah. week, this week, actually. Yeah, this is mm-hmm. week. So, yeah, so me and my sister, we are already planning how we're going to celebrate the Diwali. So it's like, yeah, I was brought up differently, but you cannot take out the Indian in me. Right? Yeah. Even mm-hmm. if I moved so far away, I might be in a different country, but I'm still an Indian. And that's mm-hmm. how people know me. So that's how I keep it alive. I, I try to engage people in the festivities and stuff. So that's how I do it. Mm-hmm. You like that? I think the only thing that I keep always with me is I always wear a kada. So yeah, that's, the way, that's the way I keep apart. And so that for me, that's not my Indian culture. That's my Sikh um, upbringing upbringing and faith yeah. mm-hmm. so that's why i wear a kada and it's so funny like you said you know you identify as an indian because that was the next question i was going to ask but what do you identify as indian canadian indo-canadian and i have too many parts inside of me i cannot say i'm indian i'm not really african i'm not british so maybe i am i'm a mosaic canadian that's that's who i am maybe you're a global citizen i hide maybe <laughs> Hi, hi. How are you guys? Um, I'm a full-on Punjabi Canadian. I don't even consider myself Indo-Canadian. I don't really have a connection to India or Indianness, and that's a whole other debate for another time, and I'm sure a lot of people feel that way, but I feel Punjabi Canadian. Um, I've been like wrestling a little bit with the word South Asian. I think South Asian is just too broad and Indian is too broad. So that's why I've come to this conclusion that I'm Punjabi Canadian. Um, and if anything, to answer your previous question, I'd be about like what parts of the cultures do you keep? I think um, the one thing that I keep about that Punjabi Canadian identity is that I always situate myself as a Punjabi in Canada, living with a Canadian identity. And so I take it upon myself to like, really be immersed in like the culture the language the music the traditions um 
the religious aspect, you know, like I, I like to learn about history and I like to learn about why things are the way that they are, but like in various forms, right? Like soci in like um, in social ways, in geopolitical ways. Like I love learning about uh, my ancestors and my roots in Punjab and then, but also learning about um, my identity as a Punjabi person in Canada. For me, like I'm very like Westernized and I'm Canadian. Like I, I do break a lot of the barriers of, um, Eastern cultures, but I have a problem with that because saying that like you, like I don't ever like to think of the Western culture as superior, of, of course. So like I don't want to say like I'm breaking the Eastern traditions in relation to Western traditions mm -hmm. because I think the Western traditions are better somehow. But I will say that I always identify as a Punjabi first and then a Canadian second because I that's how I feel. I feel like I'm Punjabi first. Cool, Sim. I don't think about it. I don't think I think about it. I think I think about it as like, there, are, like I never. I don't think I've ever been able to come up with like a label for myself. Like, how do I identify? I don't know. So but what I think I identify moment? at like, like identifying as Canadian, but then also not really because I just feel like I'm. I don't know how to explain this. Like, I don't think I think of it as places. I think I would think of it as like who I am, and like part of me is you. And you came from Kenya and from England, and I visited both those places a lot growing up, so I identify with those places, mm -hmm. but through you and that experience and what you've taught me about that. And same with my dad, right? Because he grew up in England. So the, and, there's, that's a, and his experience in England is a different one to yours because mm -hmm. you guys were, grew up in different areas. So, and he was born there. And he was born there, so it's different. So I think, I think about it that way more through experience, but not like... I don't know. It's so hard to it's put so a label It's so hard to put it? a label on it because I don't so even know what Canadian, Canadian means. Like, Canadian is just because I live in this country and was born here. But it doesn't, like, mean that much to me in, like, a weird way. I don't know how to explain it. Like, Maybe I feel like it doesn't I'm just, define you. I don't think it defines me. I think I'm just a person, and I think it's... That's it. Like, yeah. I'm glad I live here. I think it's a beautiful place yeah. for the most part. I think it's whatever, but uh, so I've what, never... Like, what, I don't know. What parts of the culture do you keep alive? Um, I don't know. Girl, how can you say that? I don't know, I don't think you about it You love that much. wearing the Punjabi dress. Yeah, okay. You've got the love jewelry, outfits, the music. Love jewelry, love some hair. music. The, well, this is, yeah, I've had the, short hair too. The but... movies, Bollywood, girl. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't really, I don't know if I don't think about it, but I don't know if that's a bad thing that I don't but think about I think about maybe it. it's so much a part of I you. I think I'm just really aware, and I think, like, same way the Harper was saying, like, educating myself and learning things, like, like, because you always told us stories when we were growing up, and, like, taught us things but then also learning them in like a school setting where it was like that was a bit different and kind of reaffirming as well because it was somebody else not my mom telling me a story like there's no reason to believe yeah. everything your mom says not yeah. that I didn't believe it, but it's, just like, <laughs> it's different it's like a little reaffirming and like learning about history learning about like how people move through the space is really interesting to me as yeah. well so I think in that sense like I, I I don't know yeah for me I think most of yeah, for me, it's mostly like I've lived in so many places in India that I identify myself as Indian, not Punjabi. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and whenever people look at me, they're like, you don't look Punjabi. I'm like, I'm sorry, I forgot the lassi at home. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, I like, because I have lived in so many places. There are like different parts of India in me, and I'm, I'm a very proud Indian. Like, mm -hmm. I know it's not best of the countries, but 
that's who I am. And I cannot change that fact. And mm-hmm. I'm actually proud of it. Mm-hmm. So I really like that we did a land acknowledgement in this, uh, the beginning of this podcast episode, because I always see myself as um, in relation to uh, the colonial history of Canada. Like I do see myself as complicit in the settler colonial project. The whole reason that I am able to even be in Canada as an immigrant and as part of like a large immigrant community like the South Asian community in Canada is because we are, we're all here for a specific purpose, right? Like South Asians are Canada's mind model minorities. And so for me, all of my like work and like trying to like, because I am doing a master's in X, Y, and Z that has a lot to do with um, exploring these like hybrid bicultural identities, exploring the second generation Canadian experience. Um, I always have to see my own complicity in this um, mm-hmm. as a settler, as like a, a descendant of like immigrants. So for me, that's how I kind of view myself as my identity is like, I'm a settler on this land. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't, I can't not center my activism separately from that, from that yeah. whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to ask the next question was, have you experienced discrimination and in what ways? Uh, yes, I have uh, in a lot of ways. Um, so racism is one of them. So when I moved to Canada, I faced racism in London way less as compared to Vancouver. Really? Yes. It might be shocking. We believe Vancouver is like very multicultural, but it is as compared to other cities, it is racist. Like me and my sister, we were looking for a place in Vancouver to live. And we found this, it was a ground level of a house and we were subletting it from some people. And then the the owner wanted to talk to us like two weeks before we were supposed to move. Yeah. Um, so we were like, okay. So we went there and uh, they gave us a long list, 10 points. I still have the picture. The first point is you cannot cook Indian curries in the house. I'm like, what? What is this? Right? Yeah. Um, there's like a lot of, targeted things and then we asked the people we were subletting from they're like we didn't have to sign this so she was a Chinese lady and she went up to saying that I do not want any South Asians living in or around my house yes so that was one of it and discrimination I think working in IT being a brown woman Mm. it's not that easy a woman like being a color a woman of color and working in IT is like so tough because people generalize you again mm-hmm. right so for me like in my genre like I I learned the stuff they were trying to teach their testers for a year I learned it in two months so I learned it pretty fast but wow. if I have to say something I have to put up a point they do not listen because I'm a woman mm-hmm. and I am brown maybe if there is a man standing by my side, he might not know anything about the topic. I'll be the one talking. They will listen. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that I was talking to my sister about it. And she said a very beautiful thing that I'm like, wow, that she said it to me. She was like, you know what? You walking down the street is a revolution in itself. Wow. Being a woman of color and living in this society and walking down the street is the biggest revolution you can ever do. Like, I was thinking, what what should we do about it? Because mm-hmm. in IT, first of all, they do not think that women 
Because you worked in IT, right? I had a very different yeah. experience, though. Yeah. For me, it's like, they do not think that women are smart enough to work in IT. And secondly, being brown, there is sort of discrimination. Mm-hmm. In my office, it's way less. But still, like everywhere else, if I ask my friends who are working in IT in different parts of Canada, they experience the same stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like two things. You're brown. And, and you're a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I just remembered a thing that happened to me when I was in high school. And I was in grade 12, about to graduate. And you have to fill out these, like, forms. Like, they're called your grad transitions. It was, like, a package of, like, saying that you did a certain number of volunteer hours and whatever. And this is your plan after you graduate. And you had to do this whole thing. I was stressed about it. Whatever. I did it. And you have to go for an exit interview. And there was one teacher who used to be assigned. I don't think she is anymore. Um the duty of like going through all the grade 12s packages and having the exit interview and she would talk about what your plans are whatever and I go to this meeting that I had really prepared for I had done all the work and I put a lot of because I, I take everything very seriously and like personally mm-hmm. so I was like I have to get this right because I'm a perfectionist and it's a problem so I was like I did all this work I go there and she flips through the package she does three check marks on things and then she looks at me and she says so are you getting an arranged marriage now after high school? Oh my oh god. Oh my god. And I had never really experienced a feeling like that in my life and did not know what to do with it. it I didn't understand. It, it feels worse than a heartbreak. It does. Mm. And it she, does. She said, like I was in bed off after that incident I was in bed for a week cuz in my in my mind I couldn't understand. I'm like you're Asian. I am Asian. What makes you think you're superior? Yeah. Like, mm. all I have is more melanin. Yeah. If there's anything, <laughs> I have it more. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. And she, she goes to me, she goes, are you getting an arranged marriage? And I said, what? I said, no, I'm going to UBC. Like, I think I'm trying to, like, get a job first. What? Also, I'm, like, 18. What? And she goes, well, aren't your parents, like, your parents are probably trying to set you up with somebody. I was like, oh. No. And then she was like, I was like, my parents are divorced. They're not going to set me up with anybody. And she goes, divorced? Isn't that really, like, taboo? Like, do your, oh does your God. family still talk to you? She goes through this whole thing. And I was like, bro, this is my exit interview. I'm supposed to talk about my college plans and my life. And I'm all stressed here. And you want to know when I'm getting married. See, so see, she had put and you, you... But no, but listen. In the box. Things. She put me in the box. And, and she was a teacher. And she was a social studies teacher at oh, my school. Oh, no. And I thought, what the I hell feel is going for on? You. And then I told this to my other brown friends, and they were like, yeah, it was so funny. Like, we were joking with her, too, about all this stuff. And I was like, because they, like, their thing was to play into the box, and mine was to get as far away from it, because from them, in their perspective, like, around them, I wasn't brown enough, but around everybody else, I was too brown. So I felt really in between in high mm. school the whole time. Yeah. And she was, like, trying to bring out all this brown, and I was, like, really not okay with it, but didn't say anything to her. Anyway, I think it's just, I don't know what it is. This whole, like, it's just really weird. It's a really weird feeling, and I think... I can still feel, like, blindsided by it. Like, even though yeah. that happened to me, like, I could be, like, at work. That was, like, five years later, and I'm, like, working. And these people were all really nice, but, like, I tried to minimize my brown in order for them to not pick up on things and make comments that I knew they were going to make. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which weren't explicitly racist, so, but we're also like, you're implying something and you're trying to make a joke. And I'm just like, what are we doing here? Like, why are we having this conversation? Like, can it? I think at my age, I don't let it get to that point. So I don't make myself less brown or more brown. I am in the moment and how I, however I feel like acting. So yeah. that's, that's yeah. how I, I take think, my, my yeah. inner mosaic right now. Like, I don't have walls around it. I don't have boundaries around it. I am who I am. Yeah. And they take it and leave it. I've got the skills yeah. to be able to handle whatever comes I'm getting to a me. lot better at it now. Like, the one thing that really, like, still to that day, that bothers me. That situation bothers me. And it bothers me that I didn't go and say something to my, my counselor or to the to school. Say, and yeah. to say, like, that's not okay. Like, this, this whole, like, it wasn't until... The, like literally maybe after the summer and I had just started at UBC and I was taking my first course in like South Asian history and I was like surrounded by all these people because suddenly my, my group had expanded, right? And mm. so I had all these South Asians in my class and I was like, whoa, these are some brown people. We're all doing some really great stuff. We're going to learn together. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'm like, we're so badass and look at us here doing the work, right? And in that situation, I was like, oh my God, I should have said something. Is it too late? Like, how come I didn't? I felt like yeah. I really let like everybody down because I didn't say something but happy to know she doesn't do that job anymore and they've really figured out the system now so it's a lot better and it's all professional you've got to wear a nice dress and go for an interview and it's all great thank you (laughs) how about you to that question so I had a great experience a few weeks ago where a man came up to me in the street and told me I'm a stupid bitch and I should go back to my country oh um but okay so here's the thing that happened to me and immediately my body knew exactly what to do, which was to walk away and to not say anything. And like, we love to think that we should, we would say something, we would like tell, like flip the person off. But when you're a person of color and you occupy a certain body, your first line of defense is always to protect yourself and it's mm-hmm. never to say something back to them. 100%. And we like to think that we would, but we don't. So I, all I did was walk away and I'll never see that man's again. And for God knows, like he could go and say that to somebody else too as well. He probably mm-hmm. does. He, the entitlement that came with, that comment mm-hmm. he probably does say that to other people um but uh, i think that was the only time in my life where i've had someone explicitly be racist to me and it was here in quebec and that's never happened to me back home um but it's just it's just points to a reality of like i i, I think i wasn't as upset about um him making that comment and me having that experience more than anything i think i was a little surprised at the ease and grace at which i just was like oh okay He's swearing at me like I had headphones in. I took it out as soon as as soon as I heard one word come out of his mouth, it was just a swear word. I knew exactly what was happening. Like that's never happened to me before, but my body knew exactly what was happening yeah. to me. So all I did was just walk away. And I I absolutely hate that the onus is always on people like us, on people of color, to say to so. have to diffuse the situation, yeah. right? Like there's no way I could have yelled at him back and like swore at him because that would have been an attack on my personhood. Like he could have done anything in that moment. Um, I hate that. I hate that as people of color in this country and in this world, it's always on us to protect ourselves from people who are actually wrong. Like he was yeah. wrong. He should have walked away. I sh- I deserve to be angry, not him. Mm-hmm. But to protect ourselves, we, we just like, we just let it be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's about the sense of entitlement that had him even saying that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I want to end on a high. I would like to do that. So uh, this is the last thing we're going to end with is what do you wish was possible as you navigate living here in all these different identities, not wanting to be put into that box, having the inner mosaic and the outer mosaic? What do you wish was possible? I think I wish people would understand that I am much more than my color and my body. Mm. Like, yeah. I am 
I, I have more capabilities. Like, see me as a person, as a global citizen, than just another brown woman. Mm-hmm. Great. Right? Yeah. So that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. You're like that. So what I wish was possible was that um, there's a lot of negative outcomes of, like, living as a hybrid, like, having a bicultural identity. There's a lot of negatives that happen, which is, like, things like sometimes, like, bad relationships with your parents because they don't understand you and you don't understand them, Um, like, feeling isolated. I I really wish that that was not a thing. Like, I wish that you could come and live in this country and, like, be an immigrant and, like, not have those, like, problems that are specific to immigrants. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I really wish sometimes, like, that those things didn't exist. Like, that, like, you could just come here and feel at ease and just, like, you and your community could just thrive. Like, I don't know. I'm not putting that into like a really concise way, but I just wish that the problems that came with being a bicultural identity and like all the confusion that comes with like not being brown in one situation and then being too brown in another situation, yeah. I wish that really didn't freaking exist. Yeah, I think that's mine too. And that I wish and want to work on like being more comfortable in that weird place and like not being one box or the other. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? and just being a freaking person, badass. Yeah, yeah. Being Simbo Dale. All <laughs> right. Um, and I want to say, actually, as you as you guys were all sharing, what I was actually reminded of was how lucky we are that we live in Canada. There is the leader of a party who is, uh, you know, Jagmeet Singh. He's, you know, wears a turban and he's the head of a party and he mm-hmm. stood and you know, and there are so many people standing for election. Like when I grew up. In Kenya and even in Britain, we didn't have people that looked like me oh, as yeah. news anchors. We didn't have them in any of the TV programs or films. We definitely didn't have them as politicians. And now we do. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm reminded of is of that. And I'm actually very grateful and thankful that I have got this whole other culture and language and music and vibrant color and clothes that I can have so much fun with. Yeah, um, I think I was I was reading this book about uh, 100 years of Punjabi community in Canada. And they had mm-hmm. like 100 different interviews of people like who started moving some 1800 something in Canada. And they had they had to go through so much. And what we go through is like, as compared to them is very little. Mm-hmm. like they literally paved the path for us. Yeah. And we are doing for the coming generations. Mm-hmm. So I think that like reading that book I kind of opened my eyes and like and as my sister said you know just being there is a revolution itself